Welcome to the audio version of Bogard Press's Through the Bible Adult Study Guide. Being true to the Word, Bogard Press has aided in the discipleship of thousands for over 100 years. Of those 100 years, the Through the Bible Adult Sunday School literature has been a staple to many. Join us as we listen to the Through the Bible Adult Study Guide with writer Brother Mark Clements. So grab your Bible and let's get started. The Limits of Freedom from Exodus 21 through 24. Application The student will recognize the wisdom of the Word of God in giving Israel laws that would regulate their society for their good. Seeking the Context Like most teenagers, when I turned 16 years old and received my driver's license, I was overcome with joy. Not only did I have the approval of the state to drive a motor vehicle, but also my parents even tossed me the keys to the car and trusted me to drive myself around town. It did not take very long before I learned that freedom was limited. While I had the freedom to drive a vehicle, I did not have the freedom to drive as fast as I wanted or to bump into other cars without consequences. Speed limits and traffic laws are in place to make sure people cannot abuse their freedom to drive. Limits help us enjoy our freedoms safely. As soon as the people of Israel began to enjoy their freedom from slavery to the Egyptians, God made sure they understood the responsibilities associated with freedom. In addition to the Ten Commandments, God made sure His people knew how to worship, how to treat fellow humans, and how to make reparations when people are wronged. Exodus 20, 22-23, 10. He wanted His people to maximize their newfound liberty safely and in a manner that glorified Him. Freedom is a gift from God. By nature we are enslaved to sin, but by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we are set free. Jesus said, if He sets us free, we will be free indeed. John 8:36. Those of us who have been liberated by Jesus, though, must decide how we will use our freedom. Peter knowing the temptation to use freedom as a license for doing wrong, advised his readers to use their freedom as an opportunity to live as servants of God. 1 Peter 2.16 It may seem counterintuitive, but liberty is best expressed when it is yielded to God. One of my professors in seminary taught us that the best use of free will is to submit it freely to the will of God. Submitting to God's desires does not mean we lose our freedom, but our freedom is most fully experienced as we fall into alignment with God's plans for us. God knows we need limitations. He knows when we allow ourselves to be led by the flesh, we transgress God's law. The limits God puts in place allows His people to flourish according to their created purposes. Today's text will show us how the limits God put on His people would allow them to maximize their created potential for His glory. Why is it necessary to understand the godly limits of our freedom? Searching the text. Number one, we are free to love others. Exodus 23, 10-13 And six years thou shalt sow thy land, and shalt gather in the fruits thereof. But the seventh year thou shalt let it rest and lie still, that the poor of thy people may eat. 
and what they leave the beasts of the field shall eat. In like manner thou shalt deal with thy vineyard and with thy olive yard. Six days thou shalt do thy work, and on the seventh day thou shalt rest, that thine ox and thine ass may rest, and the son of thine handmaid and the stranger may be refreshed. And in all things that I have said unto you be circumspect, and make no mention of the name of other gods, neither let it be heard out of thy mouth. Over the years, I have learned to go to bed early so that I am able to wake up early, read my Bible, pray, and exercise, which is very good for my personal well-being. I have noticed that whenever I cannot follow this daily routine, my personal health and attitude are affected negatively. More significantly, however, my treatment of other people changes negatively when my personal spiritual disciplines change. When we practice unhealthy lifestyles, we tend to mistreat others. In the same way, God expected His people to govern themselves with wisdom, allowing for personal refreshing, not just for their own benefit, but also for the benefit of others. God had already laid down the rule of the weekly Sabbath rest when He gave the Ten Commandments, Exodus 28-11. In His initial command, God desired that His people follow His example of creation in working six days and resting on the seventh day. He demanded that everyone and everything cease from labor on the seventh day. In today's text, God applied the same principle to years, not just days, and enlightened the reader as to why. The people of Israel were to work their ground for six straight years, but allow the ground to rest during the seventh year. During this time, their own land would be open to those who were poor to find sustenance as well as the animals to find fodder. If God's people practiced the personal discipline of labor for six days followed by rest on the seventh and six years followed by rest in the seventh year, they would be blessed with all they needed and the people who were poverty-stricken would be able to survive as well. God put this command into place for His people's benefit. When they followed the Sabbath day and year, their homes animals, and community would be refreshed. Their diligence and obedience would demonstrate God's holiness and show their love for other people. We can become so focused on our own well-being that we forget the love we are to be demonstrating towards others. While there may be many ways to show love toward other people, we must begin by pursuing holiness and health in our own homes. When we are good stewards of the life God has given us, we will have extra time, energy, and resources to love others. God has set us free in order to demonstrate love for others, which begins with spiritual disciplines in the home. How do you use your freedom in Christ to demonstrate love for others? Number two, we are free to worship God. Exodus 23, 14-17 Three times thou shalt keep a feast unto me in the year. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded thee, in the time appointed of the month Abib. For in it thou camest out from Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. And the feast of harvest, the firstfruits of thy labors, which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering, which is in the end of the year, when thou hast gathered in thy labors out of the field. Three times in the year all thy males shall appear before the Lord God. 
Throughout history, people groups have been compelled to flee their land in order to freely practice their religion. This search for religious freedom compelled such people as America's founding fathers to establish laws which allowed freedom of worship for all. Even with the liberty of religion, worshipers must fall within God's parameters of worship in order to maximize their freedom. We cannot simply worship God however we please and expect His blessings. The same was true for the people of Israel. With their newfound freedom, God made sure to establish guides for their worship. Not only was Israel a young nation which had only recently been liberated, the people of Israel were also surrounded by pagan people groups whose worship practices targeted idols and violated God's nature. The Israelites needed to know how God expected them to worship Him. God would later develop his expectations of worship more fully, recorded in the book of Leviticus. But initially, he told his people to gather before him three times per year. He commanded his people to celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Harvest, and the Feast of Ingathering. Each of these feasts commemorated God's miraculous provision for his people in deliverance, productivity, and sustenance at the time of harvest. While God intended each of these feasts to commemorate his supernatural intervention in the lives of his children, he mostly desired that his people would gather together in person to devote themselves to him. God wanted his people to focus their attention on him in heartfelt worship. Because God has set us free from our bondage to sin, we now have the opportunity to express our praise and devotion to him for all he has done. We do not worship God irreverently or according to our own pleasures. Instead, God has told us how to worship Him. We are to worship Him in spirit and truth, John 4.24, decently and in order, 1 Corinthians 14.40, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs in thanksgiving, Colossians 3.16, observing the ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper, and in a manner that edifies the body of Christ, for the work of the ministry, Ephesians 4.12. We are free to worship God according to the ways that please Him. How do you use your freedom in Christ to worship and serve the Lord? Number three, we are free to reaffirm our devotion. Exodus 24, 3 and 7. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord hath said we will do. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, All that the Lord hath said will we do and be obedient. God laid out his expectations for his people and followed them up with blessings that he would bestow upon them if they used their freedom for his glory. Exodus 23, 22-31 Moses repeated everything God had told him to the people of Israel. They listened to God's words, his commands, and his judgments, then responded with a commitment to do everything God had commanded of them. Once Moses heard the vote of the people to commit to the Lord, he wrote down everything God had told him and confirmed their commitment. Moses built an altar and twelve pillars for the twelve tribes and prepared to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Once more, in an effort to reaffirm their commitment to God, Moses read the words of God to the people. 
Once more, the people swore to obey everything God commanded. Moses commemorated their decision by sprinkling sacrificial blood on the altar and the people, signifying the connection between God and his people through this covenant. Exodus 24, 8. Twice in Exodus 24, Moses recorded the people of Israel's commitment to obey everything God had commanded. After the first commitment, Moses made their decision more meaningful by commemorating it with sacrifices on an altar. He would not allow the people to quickly forget their devotion to God. Our freedom in Christ means we are allowed to reaffirm our devotion to God as often as needed. While God did not directly prescribe how often we should gather, early churches gathered each week on Sundays and throughout the week from house to house as often as possible. Something amazing happens when God's people gather together in one place and reaffirm their devotion to Him in worship, committing to obeying all He has commanded them to do. Christians who neglect to meet together in worship miss out on the opportunity to be reminded of God's authoritative word and do not have the chance to add their voices to the church in affirmation of devotion to Him. Just like Israel, it is of utmost importance for God's people to hear the spoken word of God regularly. We need reminders of God's authority, and we need to stand shoulder to shoulder with God's people, confirming that we belong to Him and will bring Him glory through our obedience. We are free to do this as often as we want, even daily, should the opportunities allow. Unfortunately, the trend among Western Christianity is to meet together only when convenient. May God stir our hearts to reaffirm our devotion to Him more often as we move closer to the return of Jesus Christ. How can you maintain your devotion to God? Setting the Application God has set us free through redemption found by faith in Jesus Christ. Every day we face the temptation to use our freedom as license for living selfishly. Wisdom teaches us that the best use of our freedom is to give it up in service to the Lord who knows best how to help us reach our full potential as His children. Choosing to freely serve God prevents us from becoming enslaved to sin. Today's text teaches us that the best way to maximize our freedom is to love other people to worship God regularly, and to consistently reaffirm our devotion to Him. Since we know God will provide everything we need for survival when we seek His kingdom first, Matthew 6.33, we do not have to worry about basic necessities. Knowing God will take care of us, we are now free to serve others in love. As we demonstrate love for others, we must never forget to maintain worshipful hearts of devotion to God. Worship Him in spirit and in truth, gathering with the saints as often as possible. We desperately need biblical community, for in Christ-centered gatherings, we find encouragement to obey God's will and are reminded that God is still on His throne. Our regular corporate commitment to glorify God holds us accountable to Him and to each other's. What would your church look like if every member used his freedom to glorify God? Thanks, Brother Mark, for sharing such great truth with us this week. 
Join us next week as we take another look at God's Word with Brother Mark. Don't forget to join us daily on our Through the Bible daily devotionals on our daily devotional blog at www.bogardpress.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.